Hey everyone, welcome to the Sylvie Rochelle Show. And today we have a lovely guest here with us. Her name is Molina Junpierre. And she will basically tell us a little bit about herself, who she is and where she's from. Hello, hi everyone. Uh, like um, Sylvie says, my name is Molina Junpierre. I hail from the beautiful islands of Abaco Bahamas, but I'm currently mm. residing in South Florida. I am a, you know, woman of God first, the mother yeah. of three. I am a wife, been married for 10 years, bless the Lord. <laughs> and um, I am now a new author. Praise wow. God. Congratulations. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. We're Thank so glad you. to hear that. So being that you said you are a new author, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that. But we want to hear about your story of salvation. How did you come to Christ? You did mention that you are a woman of God. How did this happen? Yeah. Well, first, you know, it really started um, at a very, very young age. I gave my heart to God at the tender age of eight years old. Um, you know, and it was a, a tumultuous time in my life as well, well at such a young age. Um, growing up in a family that not only was experiencing poverty, um, there was a lot of domestic violence um, due to alcoholism, which is what my father um, suffered from. And mm. so there was always, you know, a lot of ruckus in my home. There was, you know, no peace. And so, you know, so you have poverty on one hand and then you have, you know, just violence and noise, no peace. And, and it's a house of with five children, you know, and, and a mother who's working hard trying to keep it all together and a father who's already, you know, kind of um, given it, you know, just given it all, given, given up on life and succumb to the vices of, of alcoholism, you know, wow. and, you know, and just knowing and hearing about God as a child, going to vacation Bible school, you know, going to church, going to Sunday school and hearing about this great God that loves everyone, that cares for everyone. And, you know, just not making that connection between, okay, where is this God, you know, and to being able to finally realize, you know, someone took the time to tell me, this God, he doesn't just exist, you know, at church or in the Bible. This is not an old story that is um, something of the past, you have access to this Jesus right now. Amen. And, you know, I took, I took a leap of faith and I was like, you know, I, I needed this God. I needed this loving God that made such great sacrifice, you know, and I wondered what would he have done for me? What could he have done for me as a little girl? Like, how could he help my family? How could, if he come into my life, I know something, something great is going to happen. And so, you know, like I said, at the tender age of, of eight years old, someone took the time to tell me that Jesus could come into my heart and that he could be mine too. I could experience him and he could come into my chaos, the chaos that I was living. And I accepted him and I, I found hope. I found light and just love and joy and, you know, even as I continued to grow up, I saw how God's hand was really in my life. And the, the, the crazy thing was my situation didn't change. My economic status didn't change. You know, my dad unfortunately succumbed to alcoholism just, 
it was about what seven eight years ago he he passed away oh, and so he drank you know up until I was already an adult he was still drinking you know he still was going through so what happened what did what happened what happened was God changed my perspective on life and how I saw myself and he gave me you know hope despite what was going on around me he gave me hope and like that promise and a future <laughs> you know um because he knew the plans he had for me and now okay. that little girl is finally stepping into that space wow you know? that, is, that, yeah. is, that is an amazing story and it I like one thing that well two things that you said first you said that someone took the time to witness you yeah and I hope our viewers and listeners understand the power of telling yeah. someone about Jesus and letting them know that Jesus is real and that he really is able to help us in every situation that we go through and another thing you said you said that God changed your perspective you know and Mm -hmm. all that you went through as far as your father um, passing away and I'm sorry to hear that but your father passing away really God used that in a sense to help you to see Mm -hmm. things in a different light so that's a very beautiful story and wow may God continue to bless you Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So we, I heard about your new book, Daydreaming mm-hmm. on Unpaved Streets. So can yeah. you tell us about this book? Daydreaming on Unpaved Streets is really, number one, a testament to, you know, what con- consistency can, mm-hmm. can do, yeah. you know, because I struggled with inconsistency my whole life and you know starting and stopping quitting and all these different things but the moment I you know really surrendered to God because it it was a process I surrendered to God and he helped me every step of the way and he helped me to prove number one that the devil is a liar I am not inconsistent I'm not a quitter you know (laughs) and then and he proved that what he always said that was in me could actually come out he you know I always heard had prophecies um, spoken over my life about that, I, that I will write books and all of that. And I, I want to believe that this book was the hardest one. And I want to believe that all the other ones that will come will be much, much easier and, you know, much better. And I will, I would have had my flow, but the book did take me two years to write. Um, and, um, daydreaming on unpaved streets, you know, the, the title itself is, is so heavy in, it's um, profound in so many ways, figuratively. I mean, literally when you're speaking, you know, when you think of daydreaming, you're thinking about, you know, someone who's awake, but really, you know, kind of <laughs> asleep and thinking of something else. Um, sure. That was my, that was one of the things that I used to do as a child growing up, like I said, in poverty, in that, um, in that household that I was in, it, I had to create some sort of mechanism to cope and to deal with what was going on. And so I, I used to daydream a lot. I used to, I just used to sit down and it would literally, I would block out everything that was going on. I had a dog, the dog name was Susie. And I used to sit with Susie and I would just be thinking about a world away from where I was. I was thinking about, you know, some of the places that I have visited now, you know, (laughs) as an adult, I used to visualize those things and um, you know, stuff I saw on TV, things I saw, um, 
I read about in books because that that was the type of person I was very visual and so I could sit down for hours just thinking um, Mm -hmm. about what I wanted to be and you know um, where I wanted to be and where because I knew where I lived didn't it was not the only place that existed there there was more you know and then um, on, on unpaved streets really you know literally it talks about the, the area that I lived um it used um they're called the peas the pigeon peas it's a um an immigrant village in the Bahamas so when you think of the Bahamas you think of paradise you think of you know beautiful sand and beaches and all that good yes. stuff but every place have their you know their stuff that they would rather stay hidden and I grew up in one of those places that was you know hidden um because you know it was you know not not really built to any sort of standard you know um a lot of little houses um they call it a shanty town a lot of little houses and a large immigrant population of mainly Haitians so you know it was like a you know a little just a, a little village but a lot was going on. And I, I, I spoke very um, in, in a lot of detail about it in the book itself, just to kind of give people wow. a picture of where I came from and what it was like. And, you know, there is a lot of like political stuff attached to that area on um, the pigeon piece, the mud and, you know, Haitians, Bahamians, a lot of stuff. But I kind of stayed away from that. I just wanted to paint the picture from my point of view as someone who lived there, who experienced it, and really as a child who lived there and experienced it, you know, sometimes when you when you're in, when you're a child, and I always th- I always thank God for the innocence of childhood because you know it's like you don't know you're poor until somebody tells you, <laughs> you know, you don't know um, you're in a struggle until somebody tells you or whatever. So I just want, I, I just wrote it for what it was and, you know, how I saw it. And so the unpaved streets was that the roads was rocky. They weren't paved. If they got paved, you know, after a rainy day, it got right back rocky, lots of potholes and everything. <laughs> and then the, on the metaphoric side of it, you know, unpaved streets, it's like you're, you're walking a path um, that no one else has, especially if you're if you were a dreamer like me. And a lot of kids from those type of backgrounds, they um, they they could relate to this. You you're dreaming with nobody else in your family, or you know, or your ancestors, or people older than you are in your community. You're dreaming to do things that no one else has ever done before. You're dreaming to go places, you know, you want to go to college, you want to play ball, you want to be an author, and you really don't have anyone to kind of emulate. So you're, you're literally walking a street that no one has walked before. So that's why the road is unpaved. That's why it's, it's, a, it's an unpaved street. And that was really my story. I, there were people around, but my immediate family to say that's a role model. No, you know, even within the community, there wasn't like, uh, it was a, a handful of people you could say, let me look up to you. And even then, not many people look back hmm. at the younger generation to say, I want to invest in your life. And I want to show you how to walk this path, you know, because this is, this is a rocky road. No one kind of warned you. So for me, I had to basically go through that myself and walk through that road on my own and you know and I kept going I I fell a lot you know I I stumble a lot along the way 
but I do believe that by me staying on my path and just me walking through, um, it made the road smoother for somebody else, you know? So that's, that's, you know, really one of the messages of that book. You have to keep walking, not just for yourself, but for the generation behind you, because you staying on your path is making the road a better place for somebody else, making that journey better for someone else. So it, like I said, it's a real compact um, <laughs> title, you know, um, that's just the first part. And of course the, the, um, the subtitle facing storms on the path of purpose. Again, it's, it, they're, they're all tied together. So while you're on that rocky road, you know, you, you go through storms. I speak of a physical, a natural storm that I experienced, you know, that brought me to Fort Lauderdale, um, which is Hurricane Dorian that I, you know, I was in with my children, with my husband. And then of course I speak on the spiritual storms that we, that we face on a daily, you know, they're they're the stuff that, you know, you, we know about storms. We know that they're coming. This is life. Life is not some smooth sailing, sunny day every day. You know, you get faced, you get hit with stuff, even if it was predictable, even if it was something that you saw coming. Sometimes you don't know how hard it's going to hit you and you don't know what the aftermath is going to be like. So where, where are you anchored? You know, where, where's your shelter? Who are you anchored in? And so, you know, I talk about the choices that we have. You know, what do we choose to focus on in life as we go through the storms, as we're walking through these unpaved roads? You know, what do you do? What is what is your choice? What choice do you make? Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. That is a lot. It is. It is. Amazing. And one thing I like that you said is you said that you kept dreaming. You would dream about um, Mm -hmm. places you would love to go to, places and books. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that's what kept you. And that's what held you to the point where you kept those dreams alive. And God, because you trusted in the Lord, you know, he manifested those things into reality. So that, you know, that is amazing right there. And I noticed you talked about a lot of obstacles that you face. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do like to incorporate in the show is to ask our guests, like, okay, what type of obstacles have you faced? And how have you overcome, you know, those obstacles? So with all that being said, you know, I want to know if there are any particular obstacles, you know, obstacles that, you know, were, I know how you said um, that there's some storms that you face that are really tough, really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. storms that come to really break your back in in a sense. Mm -hmm. So what type of obstacles that have been pretty much so overwhelming that God has allowed you to overcome? Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can speak definitely to, um, a physical, a natural storm, which was Hurricane Dorian Mm -hmm. and what it brought with it, you know, um, a lot of grief, because if you could remember that storm, you know, was the biggest one to hit the Atlantic ocean. Yeah. I remember point blank period in history. Um, but what else happened too? you know, we lost a lot of people, you know, um, for the first time, so many people died. Some people you saw on Saturday, you know, that Sunday they mm. were gone, you know. Jesus. Um, and then losing everything and not being able to, you know, go back to it. And for me, the, the spiritual side of it was actually moving forward. 
that's where the that's where I I I, I struggled a lot with moving forward. And there was there was a period where God wanted to process me um, between moving us to moving us from the Bahamas to to South Florida. Um, he brought us to a place, and I speak about it in the book as well. He brought us to a place um, where he now wanted to, where I was vulnerable. I was open, I was grief ridden, and there was cert- uncertainty all around. Cause, cause you could imagine I was five, five, six months pregnant at the time, I have two other children, you know, school age kids. And then of course my husband and we're here with nothing. Well, and of course, you know, there's an outpouring of, of blessings, people coming in and everything. And there's still this, 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 this darkness kind of looming over you. Like, what do we do though, Lord? What do we do? And the whole, and I think that the time that I spent to allow the Lord to unearth some things in my heart, you know, he really worked with me. He allowed me to heal a lot of the childhood trauma because I still was walking with that stuff. I was, I was still walking with, um, you know, the pain, you know, from my father, the pain from being hurt by others mm. along the way. Jesus. You know, I was still walking with those things and then the storm happened. And now I'm forced to sit down with those things for like months. <laughs> I'm forced That's to sit down because God was like, okay, you want to move forward? I brought you here. I saved your life. You want to move forward, but we have to work with the issues. So I was in this place where I was like a, a cocoon. You know, you think of a butterfly, you think of metamorphosis. Yeah. The cocoon um is 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 it's dark inside there because everything is wrapped up but great change is going on in there a caterpillar is transforming to a butterfly so body parts that were once there that this caterpillar was used to he had a bunch of a bunch of tiny legs and all sorts of stuff all of that is changing and I feel like that's what it was so that it was a stripping and it was painful it was very painful. I had to be forced with, um, you know, facing who I was and stop carrying that weight of, you, you know, because in the back of my mind, I still saw myself as a poor little girl without realizing it. Despite everything I'd accomplished, I still saw myself as a poor little girl. And God wanted her to, hey, it's time to grow up. It's time to let, it, let her go. And I think this book really was that for me. Tell her story. If it, if it's bothering you so much, talk about her. You don't even mention the teenage. Don't go all that. Talk about her, her pain. What broke her? What was that moment? And it, and, and I, and, and God brought me to the moment that I, I, that broke my heart and I had to relive it and write it down because he saved me from that. He saved me. I, it was like, God, he was saying, I was there with you then. And I'm here with you now. So, you know, I need you to trust me. And that's what it was for me. Um, just relearning to trust God once again. You know, it's amazing. We could serve God our whole life. We could worship him. We could love on him and he yes. could use us. And we still don't fully trust him with some things. Did we feel that he let us down when certain things happen? You know, and so that's what it was for me. And I feel like, it, and not to say that everything was smooth sailing after going through that, um, but it really helped to open a, a next level with when it comes to walking with God and trusting him with, life, with your life. 
with my life personally. You know, it, it opened up that next level. So I, I faced, I faced the pain of my, my childhood trauma. I faced that in a quiet place because God brought me to that, that space to do that. And so what I, what, what, what I thought was grief for one thing was actually grief from something way back, way, way, way back. Like that sometimes. You know, and he, you know, he, he brought it, he brought it all, all together you know, he brought it all together. So I love that. I, I love that God knows, he knows the end. He, he knew I would get there. <laughs> he knew yep, I would he get always there. knows. He always knows. <laughs> he just has a weird way of, of bringing us there. So, yeah. You know, yeah. your story is amazing. And I truly believe it's going to touch, you know, so many lives, so many people that um, have possibly faced a storm such mm-hmm. as yours. And mm-hmm. I like one thing that you said that, Although, yes, you wanted to move on, you wanted to move forward, but God, you know, being that he is God, wanted to make sure that you dealt with some things of the past in yeah. order to actually move on and move forward. Mm-hmm. So that that was very key for me, that you know, yeah. sometimes we have to face what's the storm inside of us. We have to yeah. face what's on the inside of us, sit yeah. down, take the time to deal with it and process yeah. it so that we can move forward so with all that being said do you have any last words of encouragement that you would like to leave our viewers and listeners yes absolutely you know I just want to you know let my viewers know that you know you have you have a choice and you know even though sometimes life may make you feel as if the decisions that you're making, you have to make them. You don't necessarily have to, you know, um, there's a part, I I actually begin the book with, with that, um, that message. I start off very early in the book with that message of the power of your choice and how, whatever you choose, whatever you choose, which is, you can choose to trust God, or you can choose to let whatever it is that is going on in your life, control you. There is, yeah, there is a story even in the book. I tell y'all everything in the book, but it's, <laughs> I still can't believe, I mean, I, I wrote it, but they're, they're so profound. Um, I was walking through the pigeon, out of the pigeon piece where I grew up one day and I saw this Haitian lady, she was about to give birth. And I don't know, Sylvie, if, you're, if you've ever seen this before. Um, yeah this lady, she was in labor. She was about to have a baby and they were trying to get her to the car. And she stooped down and she picked up two heavy rocks, like one in each hand. And then she got back up as they continued. And so these heavy rocks were in her hand and she was trying to balance them, right? And I just stood there because what happened, I remembered my mom telling me she did something similar when she was in labor with my sister the the child who she had after she had me so she had to carry these big rocks so she had to walk to the clinic before she gave birth and so she said while she was walking to the clinic she felt that the babe she was about to have the baby but she lift up the rocks and so she was able to make it now i'm not sure she knew why the rocks you know maybe that's some sort of tradition maybe that's something that they do but from my understanding, I realized that she picked up the rocks 
because it allowed her to shift her focus off of the travailing pain that she was she was experiencing in order for her to get to the clinic wow. in order for her to deliver this gift this baby you understand and so my message to you is or to my viewers is to pray pray i pray that you would find weighty options to help you through a travailing time because you don't want to give birth where you where in a in a space that you know you don't that is not conducive. You sure. understand, like it's not the right environment. You know, how crazy it would be to give birth to a baby on the street. You understand? <laughs> and so sometimes that's life. You're going through, you're going through the struggles and, you know, things are just happening and you just want to give in. You want to throw in the towel. But I'm telling you, God is a weighty option. If you hold on to him, he will see you through to your destination. He will get mm -hmm. you to where you need to be. So that that is my that is my word today. Pick yeah. up God. He is weighty. He is strong enough and he will help you to endure in your season of trial, in your season of storms, in your season of travailing. He will see you through it. Amen. I love that analogy. Thank I love you. it. So I hope everybody listen and tune in yeah. to this. And um, as well, Molina, we want to know where can we get your books? Well, yes, it is on Amazon. Um, just, you know, Google. I'm Googleable. So just Google it. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, um, just put in Daydreaming on Unpaved Streets on Amazon. And you can find it or you could go to my website, www.molinajpierre.org. And it'll, you can click the link there and it'll take you to Amazon. So that might be easier than trying to type in the name. So definitely my website, molinajpierre.org is where you will be able to find um, Daydreaming on Unpaved Streets and you can get your copy. And, you know, you can connect with me, you know, on social media. I am present there. Yes, uh, my name is very. my name. <laughs> you can connect with me there. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, there you have it, everyone. Melina Jean-Pierre. And I'm excited for you to really get her book and make sure you read it. You know, that's one thing I see people do. We buy books, but we don't read them. But yes. it's really important that we read the, read the uh, what we're buying if you're investing and something in a book, make sure you actually take the knowledge and use it and apply it as, as you see fit. So Molina, I want to thank you for um, being a part and thank you for sharing your story with us and letting us know about your book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. No problem.